0: Look at your Bible, John chapter number 20, John 20 this morning. Quickly, I will try to be as brief and as long as I can at the same time. Okay, take your Bible, John chapter number 20. You've had so much turkey, you don't need to be eating today anyhow, so we'll just preach a while. Amen. Anybody have ham instead of turkey? Shame on you. (laughs) Think of them pitiful hogs. We continue our study in the book of John of about a year and a half now. And so we come to a place in John chapter 20. And I want to read you just a few verses from last week because it ties in to the message today. If you would please take your Bible to the book of John chapter number 20. If you don't have a Bible, we furnish one there in a the pew for you. And uh, if it looks too worn and you don't have one, after the service, just go to the other pews and find one that don't look as worn and take that one home. We don't want you to take an old worn out one home. All right? And then if you don't want to do that, we sell them in a the bookstore. All right. John chapter 20, verse 19. And the same day at evening... Being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and said unto them, Peace be unto you. This is resurrection day in the evening now. And when he had so said, he showed them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Then said Jesus unto them again, Peace be unto you, as my Father has sent me, even so send I you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and saith unto them, Receive you the Holy Ghost. I preached there last week on, as the Father has sent me, even so send I you. Verse 24 begins with a conjunction. But Thomas, one of the twelve called Denimus, was not with them when Jesus came. I wonder what Thomas was doing When Jesus came. But Thomas. One of the twelve. Called Didymus. Was not with them. When Jesus came. I don't know what he was doing. But he missed something. What he's doing might have been of utmost importance, but he missed something. What he was doing might have been tied into a hobby of his, not necessarily sinful and evil and wicked, but he missed something. Every time you miss the service, you miss something. We miss you. But you miss something. Every single time you're not here when service time begins, you miss something. I'm glad I was here today to hear those sisters sing. I'm glad I'm here today because I'm just glad at this age to be anywhere. But now notice this phrase. But Thomas, but Thomas, one of the 12, signifying that he was just not anybody. Everybody should have been there, but he was just not anybody. It's significant that he was one of the 12 chosen apostles of our Lord. Not one of the many who came occasionally, but one of the twelve that he spent three years of his life training and teaching, loving, and trying to build up. One of the twelve. Whose name was Denimus. He was not there when Jesus came. Do you have any doubt today that I might be talking about Some things I don't want to miss. If you're not there, you miss something. If you're not there when mama gets dinner ready, you're not only going to miss something, you're going to get something. And if you don't act like it's good when you're there, you might not be there long. Have you ever felt like you missed something because you wasn't there? You said, where? There. Where? Just anywhere. Something's going on. You should have been there. You know, you think about that. Let's read on now just a little bit because some of you look real puzzled. And the other disciples, therefore, said unto him, Thomas, one of the twelve, who was not there when Jesus came. And the other disciples said unto him, We have seen the Lord. Guess what he missed? Guess what Thomas missed? Because he was not there. Because he was somewhere else. Because he was doing something that he thought was important. He was not there, so he missed I just thought that was pretty good. I know you've probably already seen that, but but he said unto them, "Except I shall see his hands, the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe." Thomas was a Baptist, I know for sure. And after eight days again, his disciples were within. Eight days. I wonder why he said eight days. You know, from Sunday to Saturday is only seven days. And here they said that they met. At the evening of the first day of the week. Can anybody tell me what day that is? That's Sunday. So the disciples now are meeting on Sunday. Not on Saturday. And the Bible is so specific it says. That the next time they met. It was eight days which would make it Sunday again. So why do we meet on Sunday? Because that's the Lord's day. That's the day he rose. And we don't offer sacrifices of bull and goats on Saturday like they did in the Old Testament. Now we have a sacrifice that gave himself for our sins. One sacrifice forever. And he rose on the Lord's day. Well why do we meet on Sunday? Same reason these guys did. And if you don't meet on Sunday. Guess what? You're going to miss something. After eight days again, his disciples were within and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut and stood in the midst and said, peace be unto you. Doors shut, Jesus within. Wonder what kind of body we're going to have that can just walk right through the door. Right through a wall. Then said he to Thomas. I wonder who told Jesus Thomas said that. You think maybe he got a tweet? (laughs) Huh? Jesus like some of you with your cell phones. On it 99% of the time. Space booking. Huh? Huh? And one day while wow, Jesus was sitting around between Sunday and Sunday, wow, look at that. Do you know what Thomas just put on Facebook? Thank God Jesus don't need Facebook. He knows all the space. Okay, huh? Can you say amen? Huh? Did he know? You know, he knows why you're here today. And he knows why you wasn't here last week. And he knows why you'll not be here tonight. And he already knows what you're planning Wednesday night. He knows everything. You say, well, that don't have anything to do with the sermon. I know, but I thought I'd just bless your heart a little bit. And Thomas, he said unto him, Thomas, reach hither thy finger and behold my hands. Reach hither thy hand and thrust into my side. And be not faithless. But believe in, And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they which have not seen and yet have believed. Our Father today, we, we ask your help. We ask, ask that you please help me. Gather the thoughts that you would have to be presented, help me to do it in a fair amount of time. Help me to be uh, just as brief and to the point and as simple as can be. Lord, not for me, not for them, but for you. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I'd just like to talk to you a little bit about today about a fellow by the name of Thomas. Not much is said about Thomas in the Bible, uh, but if you were to look up the meaning of Thomas's name, it means twin, a twin. You say, does that mean he had a, 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 a sibling, a, a twin? I have no idea. That's just what his name means. In the Bible, names meant something. And when they gave a name to an individual, it was probably indicative of his character traits. But Thomas was a twin. I wonder how many of you know what your name means. He said, I don't know, but I know what my wife called me this morning. <laughs> you see, in the Bible, and even in, young, in older days before uh, modern conveniences arrived, names really meant something. They gave names to people that uh, identified them as uh, character traits. And if they missed it, they always gave them a nickname (laughs) to follow up on that name. But names meant something. Thomas' name meant, I'm a twin or a twin. In John chapter 11 verse 16, we notice a reference to Thomas. And that reference is, we learn of Thomas' zeal. The Bible says that he told the disciples when Jesus spoke of his death... He said, now let us also go that we may die with him. Thomas was committed to the Lord. He said, Lord, if you're going to go to Jerusalem and die, we might as well go do it too because we sold out. We're on your side to the bitter end. And so we see a little bit about Thomas's zeal. In John chapter 14 and verse 5, we notice the questions that Thomas asked Jesus. Jesus is trying to console the disciples. And he said to the disciples, you remember. John 14, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you i go to, to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also. Verse 5, and Thomas said, Lord, how can we, we know not where you go. And how can we know the way? We see there his his absolute inability to comprehend spiritual truth. And Jesus said to him, Thomas, in his question, probably motivated and made possible the most quoted verse in all of the Bible. And Jesus looked at Thomas, and Thomas said, Lord, how can we know the way? Jesus said in John fourteen six, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh the Father but by me. What a great truth to know that you don't get to heaven in a denominational way. You don't get to heaven in a cultish way. You don't get to heaven in a Islamic way or a Baptist way or any way. He is the way. And he is the truth and he is the life. Bless your heart. Old Thomas motivated and caused that great verse to be quoted. In John chapter 20 and verse 25, we see his unbelief and his confession. The disciples said, Thomas, you should have been at the first meeting after the resurrection. Because we've seen the Lord. And Thomas said in verse 25. I don't care what you guys say. I don't care what Jesus promised. I don't care the prophecies of the Old Testament. I don't care about that. Except I thrust my finger into his scars and my hand into his side. I will not believe. Evidently, Thomas served Jesus by sight and not by faith. His unbelief and his confession. You know, because Thomas was not there, he missed seeing the resurrected, resurrected Lord. I don't know about you, but I'd hate to have missed that service. I'd hate to have missed that service when everybody else said he was dead. And when the devil had had their party in hell, and when the king had sealed the tomb, I'd hate to have missed that meeting when the disciples saw the first time a resurrected Savior. Now, I don't know what Thomas was doing, but I'll bet you it was not worth it. I don't know where Thomas was, but I bet the fun that he was enjoying or the fulfillment he got out of missing that would not be compared to what he missed by not seeing our resurrected Lord. Jesus walked into that upper room, bless your heart, and the scared, fearful disciples, scared for the life, Jesus just walked right through the door. Didn't knock, didn't ring a door. Just walked right through the door. And said, fellas, you want to see my hands? You want to see my side? I'm the Lord. I'd hate to have missed that one, wouldn't you? He missed the resurrected Lord. Not only that, he missed receiving the Holy Ghost. Verse 22, the Bible said, they had not received the Holy Ghost and he breathed on them. Somebody said, hope his breath wasn't bad. And he breathed on him and said what? Receive you the Holy Ghost. Next meeting, Thomas was the only guy there. Didn't have the Holy Ghost. And I bet he felt as empty as last week's coffee cup. Everybody else had a smile on their face from ear to ear. Everybody else's face was shining like an illuminated light bulb. Everybody else had a song in their heart. And old Thomas, bless your heart, all he had was just a fish. He might have caught a golf ball he might have hit. Or maybe a baseball program he might have watched. And Thomas walked in and said, what's strange about this meeting? And somebody said, why, we've seen the Lord. And he breathed on us. And we received the Holy Ghost. I don't know where he was. I don't know what He's doing. But I bet it wasn't worth it. You know where I'm going, don't you? You probably already got road mapped where I'm going to stop. Every time you miss. You say, I don't need church. He didn't need to be in this one. But he's sorry he didn't go. And I'll guarantee if you do a little Bible study, that's the last service he ever missed. That's the last service Thomas ever missed. Because Thomas realized, hey, I missed seeing the resurrected Lord. I miss receiving the Holy Ghost. I missed my mission in life. I did not hear him say. As the Father has sent me. Even so send I you. I'm wandering around. Don't know my purpose in life. Don't know why I'm here. I don't know. I missed the meeting. And I don't know. What I'm supposed to do. Now, I don't know what he was doing. He might have had to work on Sunday. Listen to me. Nobody has to work on Sunday. You make that choice. You say, they made me work on Sunday. Well, if I said to you, would you like to kiss my dog? No, I'm going to make you. You say, no, you ain't going to make me. Why ain't you going to make me? Because you are a free, choosing individual. I don't know what Thomas is doing. But if he had been paid triple time, working Sunday, he got cheated. Now, it don't mean... His heaven is going to be any less beautiful. It don't mean his sins are not gone. It does not mean that God cares any less for Thomas. It does not mean that Jesus loved Thomas any less. It's not a matter of what Jesus missed. It's a matter of what Thomas missed. And you miss too many services. And I can tell it on your face when you come to church. Because your face reflects your heart. Preacher, hurry up and get into the message. Thomas missed the Savior's peace. Verse 19. Peace. I give unto you. You miss the service. You missed the Savior's peace that day. And the next day, and the next day, he says, all right, I can buy it down at Joshua Pharmacy. That's where most of us are trying to get it. If we're down, we need an upper. If we're upper, we need a downer. If we're in, we need an outer. If we're out, we need an inner. All because you're missing too many services. Jesus Was there Thomas Watton? Verse 20 missed the proof that Jesus, who said he was. Verse 20, and he showed unto them his hands and his side. There are things. We miss out on a life because we're not there. Now I want to just, I want to preach to you for just a minute now on this thought. I want to be there. I, I, I want to be there. Thomas missed that first meeting. But if you look in your bible he never missed another one John chapter 21 he was on the beach with the rest of the disciples when our lord cooked a meal of fish it had to be fried Amen. fish right. no peanut oil right. no oil Lard, brother, L-A-R-D, lardy in that fish pan. Amen. And that's where we get the song, come and die. And Jesus fixed the spread there, a heavenly food. And there, Jesus fed them. Why oh, is it surprising that Thomas was there? Acts chapter number one. The 120 meeting in the same upper room. Jesus told them in Acts chapter 1, I want you to go to Jerusalem, Tarry till you be endued with power from on high. Oh, Thomas, that's what you missed over here in the other room. Would it be surprising to you if you found in the book of Acts chapter number 1 that Thomas was in the upper room? He is there. And the Bible said they prayed. Earnestly in that upper room. In Acts chapter 2 and verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost had fully come. They were all assembled there with one accord. Amen. And there came a sound from heaven as a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the house where they were seated. And they all began to speak with other tongues. I'll bet you old Thomas said, man, I'm glad I'm here today. And in Acts chapter 2 and verse 41, and they that gladly received his word, 3,000 folk got saved, 3,000 folk got saved, 3,000 folk got baptized, all because they were there where God told them to be. I want to be there. Now, this is a very unusual outline, and I just, I don't know how, you know, you come up with all these essays and homil- homiletical uh, quips and quirps, but I've got several I've got several points, and I'm going to so hurry in uh, 11 minutes. See, nine plus one is alt. Carry the one. Four and one is five and six. So I got 11 minutes. To talk to you about some things I don't want to miss. Some things that's going to transpire pretty soon I don't want to miss. And I am going to determine by the grace of God, that I am not going to miss what's about to happen. Number one, I do not want to miss the service. Number two, I do not want to miss the shout. Number three, I do not want to miss the supper. Number four, I do not want to miss the saddle. Number five, I do not want to miss the summit. And lastly, I am not going to miss the singing. Now, you know that's all in there. You say, you're going to do that in 11 minutes. No. I just wanted to show you I could add a while ago. I do not want to miss the service in the Bible. In the book of Matthew, the Bible says and promises you and I that where two or more are gathered together, there I am in the midst. Did you know that Jesus Christ promised anytime there are two or three more people uh, gathered together in his name that he's there in the midst of them. Guess who's here today? You might have come to hear me preach. You ought to come to see him. To experience him. To realize he is here. I do not want to miss the service. Now, it may not be an absolute immortal sin to miss our service and go coon hunting. You know why I said coon hunting first? Because after coon hunting is racing. And after coon hunting and racing is fishing. After fishing, it's folly. After everything else in the world, ladies and gentlemen, you will not go to hell because you miss church for any reason at all. But you are going to miss being in the presence of our Lord. Now, you'll not be in his presence down at your job. He will, the Holy Spirit will be in you. But he promised to be with us here today. He knows your every thought. He knows what you're thinking and the program you're going to watch tonight at seven six thirty. He knows. But I'm not too worried about you. This is the guy. I don't want to miss the service. If I'd have missed last week's service, I'd have missed that young man walking down the aisle and getting saved. You say, what guy? Oh, you wasn't here. (laughs) You said, I was somewhere else. I bet it wasn't worth it. I do not want to miss a single service. Because Jesus has promised to be there in our midst. And in the presence of our Savior is peace. He will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon thee. Trust in the Lord Jehovah for in him is everlasting strength. Ladies and gentlemen, you can get peace out of the service of God. You say, well, what if you're not preaching on peace? The Prince of Peace is here. The Spirit of God is here. His spirit is peace. And in the presence of God is purpose. Even so, send I you. You'll find purpose by being in the service of the Lord. You'll find purpose for existence. And you'll have power. I just do not want to miss a service. You say, preacher, I will listen to it on the radio. It's not the same. He didn't say I'd be with you as you listen to Kubb. He said I'll be with you in the service. Why is it so many supposedly safe folk don't think anything about missing the service? I tell you why Thomas missed. He didn't believe it anyhow. You know what Thomas missed the service? He didn't think he going to raise from the dead like he said he was in here. And even when he did see him, prove it to me. Have anybody like that around? Somebody asked me, he said Are you going to go to the holy land? No. I'm going to go somebody who knows what he's doing. His name is Jesus. You said but if you look, if you look and you feel and you see, he, you'll just believe so much more. No, blessed is he that don't see, and yet believes. Amen. You got that? Yes, I'm going. I don't want to miss the service. Secondly, I don't want to miss the shout. <laughs> How long since you heard a shout in the Baptist church? First Thessalonians chapter 4. First Thessalonians chapter 4. Church at Thessalonica probably is the first letter Paul ever wrote to a church. Church is going through terrible, terrible persecution. In fact, they're going through so much tribulation and persecution. The people down at uh, down at uh, Thessalonica really thinks they missed the rapture. And the Lord has already returned and they've missed it. And Paul is writing to that bunch of folks that's going through all kind of turmoil and sorrow and heartache. And he says to them in verse 13 of chapter 4. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep or have already died, that you sorrow not even as others which have no hope. We were talking yesterday, my wife and I, about some folks that just cannot get over losing a Love, a loved one. They just cannot. They hold on to it and they sorrow and they sorrow and they sorrow. And my wife said to me, you know, she just like so and so. I said, yeah, they're sorrowing as those which have no hope. Amen. Amen. Folks who die without Christ have no hope. And folks who are not saved have no earthly idea that there is a land that is fairer than day. And by faith, we can see it afar. Our Father waits over the way to prepare a heavenly place there. I am not sorry. And so he said, I don't want you to be ignorant. And I want you to not only attend the service, but I want you to be listening for the shout. For if we believe that Jesus died... And rose again, even so, them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a... What? You say, I don't believe in shouting. I do. For the Lord Him Now, folks who don't like people to get loud will probably not want to go in the rapture. Just like those folks who do not believe in music, instruments. They won't go. Because the Lord's going to blow a trumpet. (laughs) And all those folks who don't believe in instruments in church. And shouting in church. Is going to say. I don't want to go. I'd rather stay here. And go through seven years of tribulation. As to go to a place. Where there's shouting. And instruments. Instruments. For the Lord himself shall descend with a shout and with the voice of an archangel and the trumpet of God shall sound and the dead shall raise incorruptible. I'm so glad of that. And the dead shall be raised. I like that. First. It's proof that Baptist's go going to heaven before anybody else. Because the dead shall be raised first. When I gotta beg you to say Amen, you are dead. When I can talk about the shout of God and the trump of God and the resurrection of the saints of God and the church getting out of this mess and going to home, and I gotta say, please, would you say Amen? Amen. The roughest saying the rapture is resurrecting Baptist folk in the church service. I don't want to miss a shout. I don't want to miss a service. The Lord descends with a trump of God. The Lord shouts and the dead raises when the tombstones in the graveyards begin moving around like checkers on a checkerboard. And the clods begin to fly and out of the grave they rise. And Sarah, who's been laying there for all these many years, nudges Abraham and says, Honey, I think it's time to get up. I just heard a trumpet. I think I heard a shout. And up from the grave they go. Will you be too busy to make that service? What you think is so important today? The reason you won't be here tonight. And the reason you can't come Wednesday night. Will that keep you from listening to the shout? You know why this world is so stinking wicked and mean? Because we're not listening for the shout. Because every man that hath this hope in himself purifieth himself even as he is pure. If you thought Jesus would be back before this service was over, you'd want me to shut up so you could hit this altar. Come on, it ain't time to say if, I, if you thought Jesus was coming back Before the ball game starts, you wouldn't care if the devil stole your television. Your problem is you don't mind missing a service. So you ain't listening for a shout. And I just don't want to miss the shout. And I certainly, being a Baptist, (laughs) do not want to miss the supper. Now, if you take your Bible to the book of the Revelation, there's a sequence of events that's about to transpire. And they happen in conjunction with what I already talked about. When the trump of God sounds and the dead in Christ rises, and we meet the Lord in the air, the Bible said, so shall we ever be with the Lord. And then the last verse Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. So after the shout, it's known in the Bible as the rapture of the church. And when Jesus comes back for the church, the church will be in heaven. And then all hell will break root on this earth called the tribulation period for seven years. God is dealing with Israel and their unbelief, and their idolatry for seven long years on this earth. The Antichrist rides across Earth scene, and this earth will go through a climatic situation as never before seen. Some say it, nuclear warfare. I have no idea. I'm just glad I'm not going to be there. I'm going to be in heavenly places. I've just been taken out in the rapture. I've got me some brand new robes. Huh? I got me a brand new body. You don't like this one? Won't you make the next meeting and you might like the next one I get. Huh? And the Bible says immediately after we're taken out, Revelation chapter 19, if you would please... And I read for you verse 7. Let us be glad and rejoice. That'll be different, won't it? Most of us are mad and complaining. But in heaven, after the rapture, let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him for the marriage of the Lamb is come and his wife hath made herself ready. The wife... Is the bride of Christ. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And to her was granted. That she should be arrayed in fine linen. Clean and white. For the fine linen. Is the righteousness. Of the saints. And he saith unto them. Right blessed are they. Which are called unto the marriage. Supper of the lamb. And he saith unto me. These are. The true sayings of God. I'm invited to a wedding. I'm invited to that great table in the sky. Matthew talks about... A king making a supper and inviting many and many without without any reservation begin to make excuse why they couldn't come and why they wouldn't come and why they shouldn't come. Hey, are you going to make all those excuses why you don't want to be at the marriage supper of the lamb? Marriage. In our way, twisted way of thinking. Marriage. Marriage. Is physical intimacy in our eyes. But in God's eyes, it is a spiritual enmity. It is a spiritual enmity. It is a spiritual thing, not a physical thing. And in heaven, bless your heart, after the rapture, the Bible says that we will be presented to Christ As a virgin without spot and without blemish. Washed in the blood of the Lamb. And I am looking so forward to being that meeting. You say, I don't understand it. Me neither. But I'm going to enjoy it. I'm looking forward to the service. To the shout. To the supper. And now, Brother Clint, to the saddle. You say, now preacher, you said, is this a stretch? I'll let you determine it. Verse 11. You see, in the rapture, Jesus came for us. At the supper, he is married to us. In Revelation 19, verse 11, he's coming back With us. Verse 11. And I saw heaven open. And behold. A white horse. And he that sat on him. Was called faithful. And true. And in righteousness. He doth judge. And make war. Kind of a difference. In when he came the first time. He rode into Jerusalem, not on a white stallion, but on a white colt of an ass. He did not come to rage war and to judge. He came meek and lowly as a savior. This time, he's coming as a sovereign. You ever heard that old bull of the woods commercial? Hoss, he's the boss. You're not voting on it. They'll not impeach this one. Say, do you believe that's a literal horse? How do you spell horse where you came from? (laughs) And his eyes were as a flame of fire and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture, dipped in blood. And his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses. Write in your verse, saddle. You better learn how to ride. I know some Baptists that would fall off just throw a monkey wrench in the whole smear. I know some folks who said, I didn't vote on this. I'm looking forward to the saddle. And the armies which follow our Lord to come back to initiate the battle of Armageddon. Where the the blood in Armageddon flows the height of a horse's bridle, where that the, water, the blood extinguishes fire, where there's so many bodies, they cannot bury them. And God summons the birds of the air to come and eat the carnage that is there. Thank God. I will be in heaven with my Lord. I will be on a horse, not trampled by a horse. And I don't want to miss the shout. I don't want to miss the supper. Certainly don't want to miss the saddle And I don't want to miss the summit. There's going to be a big summit going on. Our president's always attending the summit. And guess who pays for it? Guess what's accomplished? (laughs) But there will be a summit. Between the powers that be. The only two superpowers in the universe. And there will be a summit. And I want to be there. You say, where do you find that? Revelation chapter 20. Verse 1. And I saw an angel come down from heaven. Having the key of the bottomless pit. And a great chain in his hand. He laid hold on the dragon. That old serpent which is the devil. Satan. And bound him a thousand years and cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal on him that he should deceive the nations no more until the thousand years should be fulfilled and after that he must be loosed a little season bound chained tied up and shut up The deceiver deceives no longer. The roaring lion that roameth about, seeking who may be devour, has been to the dentist and all of his teeth has been pulled. Tied his tail around his neck and flung him into the bottomless pit for a thousand years to fall and fall and fall and never hit the bottom. The only bad thing about falling from a great height it's the dread of the sudden stop. And for a thousand years the devil is going to be thinking anytime now, anytime I'm going to hit the bottom. (laughs) No dude, you're not going to hit the bottom. You are the bottom. The angel of light that's gone through all the world And told our teenagers lies. Said if you want to be happy. And you want to be fulfilled. Do this and that. No more kids. That sorry slimy face. The deceiver. Deceives no more. The angel of light. That goes about. Putting and portraying. This is what you ought to do. Has had the snuffer of eternal sovereignty laid on him and the light shines no more. For all that stinking, sorry, rotten, no good devil's done to me, I want to be there. Amen. My mama was such a good Christian, she didn't talk about anybody. One time I preached on the devil and she said, Now, Gene... You're not supposed to talk about folk. <laughs> for all the devil has done to you. For all the evil in the world. We blame the, the money, greedy, uh, money greedy doctors for their abortion clinics. Doctors not behind that. The devil wants to abort little babies. We get mad at a pedophile, and we should rightly so. But you know who we ought to really get mad at? We really ought to get mad at the guy behind the pedophile. We blame the adulteress and the fornicator and throw our innuendos and our judgments at them. But you know who's really behind that? Has the devil ever done you in? Don't miss that service. I'm going to be there clapping for Jesus. Singing, throw that sucker in. (laughs) Tied in him handcuffs just another click. And listen to him scream. Throw him in there. Hallelujah. Bless God. I want to be there. For all the martyrs that ever died in the arenas of Rome. For all the molested abortionists. For the hurt and sorrow and sickness and the evil and the wickedness. I want to be there. At the summit, and then I'm done. you said, I thought you'd be done earlier, me too, but it doesn't. verse twenty one, I want to be there for the singing. I'll bet you some of you folks that's too busy to sing in a choir will start singing. In Revelation 21, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth was passed away. Would you tell me why I should worry about spotted owls and hugging trees when it's all going to pass away, anyhow? got quiet, didn't it? That's not politically correct. Remember winter resting, turning the whale around and then killing babies because we can't afford to feed them. We can pay a million bucks to turn a dumb whale around in the Los Angeles River trying to get him back out at sea. For this heaven and this earth it's what? Look in your Bible. Peter said it will be consumed by fervent heat. Yes, the planet might be warming. So do you believe in global warming? I sure do. I believe in planet him. For this heaven and this earth shall pass away. Verse 2. For the first he- earth and passed away, and there was no more sea. Now, John saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared, oh, as a bride for her husband. After the service, after the shout, after the service, I mean the supper, and the saddle, and the summit, eternity, forever with the Lord. When the trump of the Lord shall sound, and time shall be no more. And the morning breaks eternal, bright, and fair. When the saved of earth shall gather over on the other shore. When the roll is called up yonder. Now listen. I'll be there. When the roll is called up yonder. When the roll is called up yonder. I'll be there. On that bright and cloudless morning. When the dead in Christ shall rise. And the glory of his resurrection share. When the chosen ones are gathered over on. In the home beyond the sky. When the roll is called up yonder. What's the next two words? I'll be there. I'll be there. Yes, I'll be there. When the roll is called up yonder. I'll be there. Now before I quote the last verse, will you be there? Will you be here tonight? What makes you think you'll be there? Well, I don't have to be here next Sunday. No, you don't have to be there either. But when the saved of earth shall gather over on the other shore when the roll is called up yonder. What's the next words? Mm-hmm. Let us labor for the master from the dawn till setting sun. Let us talk of all his wondrous love and care. Then when all of life is over, And our work on earth is done. When the roll is called up yonder. What's the next words? I'll be there. there. Yes. I'll be there. Yes I'll be there. When the roll is called up yonder. I'll be there. Will you? Will you be there? Is there any place. That you would prefer to be when the role is called up yonder.